Hello and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fed Talks. How's everybody doing? Uh, I got some good feedback on my new microphone, uh, which ironically is what you don't want uh, from a microphone is feedback, but uh, apparently it sounded good. And even though it looks like on the screen, it looks like I'm constantly spiking, I was told that I didn't. If I was slightly more professional, I would have actually listened, <laughs> listened back to it. But who has that kind of time and interest in hearing their own voice? Certainly not this guy. Uh, also, a, a, a podcast announcement. I've uh, come up with a thing I want to do. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll still be on this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to start a whole other podcast for Pete's sake, but since look, part of the reason I started this show was to not go crazy during, during quarantine. And there's the odds of me going crazy are still, uh, uh, measurable, but it's been long enough. I feel like I need a premise. So. My plan to start soon is uh, every twice a month, every other episode, uh, I'm going to do a, do an episode focusing on a, a short-lived TV show. We're talking one to two seasons uh, with a guest. And ideally, it'll be a show we both love, but if I get a good guest uh, who wants to talk about something specific, I will watch that show and learn about it so we can talk. Uh, so it'll just then alternate with regular episodes where I cover the franchise report and movie recommendations and stuff. And that's the, that's the plan. I certainly can't do it every episode, uh, partly because I still need my nonsense and partly because watch rewatching shows for this, no matter how short run they are, is going to be, would be an arduous process to do four shows a month. Also, I'll burn through my my uh, guest list very quickly that way. Uh, so I'm so that's gonna that's gonna happen soon. It's probably going to be uh, be a couple weeks because I my first guest is gonna be my friend Sam, who I mention frequently, and we've just never worked it out because and he will be the first guest because there is a show that it is very important to me that we cover first. Uh, and I don't want to say what it is till it's ready to come out. Uh, if you know me, if if you've known me for a significant length of time, you might have an idea of what it's going to be. Uh, if you haven't known me for that long, it's not a show I bring up constantly, but it's a show I used to bring up constantly. Uh, so once I can schedule with with Sam and we do that, that's when the new format starts. And I've already lined up some some uh, uh, returning favorites. Uh, I've look, people. I think people are going to want to do this. Who doesn't love talking about their shows that everybody seems to have forgotten? It'll be fun. Uh, I just got in touch with a past guest, uh, who had a great pitch for one that I didn't even have on my list, and I was so excited to be reminded of it. And I think that'll be fun. So that's where we stand. That's an upcoming thing that'll probably be every other episode, and it'll. I maybe need a name for those episodes and I don't know what that'll be like a subheading. Uh, I'm not great at naming things. So we'll see what comes, what 
Oh, we'll mull it over. If anybody has a good pitch, let me know. And if you're a listener and I sort of know you and you have a have a show you think would be good to talk about, let me know. Um, I would especially initially like to start with people that I know and I'm comfortable with and will have a good time talking to. Uh, I'm not quite ready to to uh, bring relative strangers. I pronounce relative so weird there. Relative. Uh, rel- I know relative strangers so quickly. Uh, I need to get better at talking to people before I'm going to start doing that kind of thing. Because uh, still pretty shaky at that, honestly. Uh, but it'll be fun. Get excited. Also, even if you don't want to do it, let me know what shows you might like to hear about. And if I like them, we'll put them in the running. I've got a list of about 20, and uh, it'll be fun. Trying to get you excited about about uh, this thing. Uh, so that means probably in the episodes in between, I'll do the franchise report, and I'll do two weeks at a time. Uh, because if I suddenly cut down to only two Marvel and, and uh, James Bond movies a month... I will be watching them until well after my death. Uh, So I'm not going to change my movie watching habits, just my movie reporting habits. Uh, It's been a weird week in the news. A lot of stuff going wrong. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm even the person to... Look, I'm not especially smart... Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not really the person to sit here and talk about issues into a microphone and go, hey, listen to me, white guy talking here. Uh, but things are bad, and I'm feeling very morose about the state of our country, and um, I don't know. It... I actually, I wasn't even going to bring, because again, if you're listening to this, you're not going, hey, I wonder what EJ has to say about the Supreme Court decision. Uh, Nobody has ever wondered that. Uh, Not even people who are real life friends with me. Nobody says, what's EJ's take on the news? Uh, Because they know I'm largely a fool. But uh, the reason I even brought it up was... uh, I'll get into my franchise watching shortly. Uh, this week's movie, a uh, Marvel movie, was going to be Avengers: Age of Ultron, which I started. And then, here's the thing: it's written and directed by Joss Whedon, who, uh, and look, I really like the first Avengers movie. And there are, I mostly like Age of Ultron, except the things that are bad. But Joss Whedon is a—I mean, he's by all accounts an abuser. Like not not physically, I don't want to be libeled, but so many women who have had either relationships relationships with him, either either personal or professional, have just talked about this absolute mental cruelty. I mean, he he cheated on his wife so brazenly and aggressively that she got PTSD, uh, and he compared himself to a Greek god, and he was doing his fans a favor by having sex with them. Uh, he's just a, he's just a gross dude. And it didn't, I didn't feel like, uh, honestly didn't feel like watching a Joss Whedon movie at a time when things got real bad for women. Uh, 
And that... Ah, uh, this is... I'm just going to spitball here. It's sort of about a different topic than specifically political. But, uh... Uh... You will hear a lot. Uh, people, uh, people always say you need to separate the art from the artist in terms of, uh, you know, somebody who creates a problematic piece of, or rather somebody who is problematic creates a piece of art. And you hear it in reference to like, like, uh, you know, directors like, uh, <laughs> you hear it from old people about D.W. Griffith and Lenny Riefenstahl. Uh <laughs> But people will, less so now, people would say that about Woody Allen or, you know, people who just are absolute garbage people. Uh, in some cases, people who should be. Roman Polanski is one that comes up a lot for, you know, the man who can't come back to America because he will be tried with statutory rape. And people say, you know, they'll, they'll go check out his new movie. And so you have to separate the art from the artist. Here's the thing. I think about this a lot. And separating the art from the artist is for cowards. It means you don't want to audit yourself. Uh, and in fact, I think at all times, on some level you're doing that, and you just might not be happy with where that line is drawn. Uh, you, you know, people who say that would not necessarily... Uh, uh, buy a, an album from a from an out and out Nazi who was good at writing songs. Uh, they are probably not going to. If Bill Cosby gets a new show, they're probably not going to watch it. You know, they 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 uh they are making that distinction. They just maybe aren't comfortable where the line is. And I think that's so intensely personal, but it's something you have to do and. And it takes a good deal of of uh, self-awareness and maybe you even have to think about why you put the line where it is. Uh, and this is not a thing where I am claiming to in any way be moral, morally superior, even though I am uh, usually very happy to, to cut off even favorite artists who commit some form of sexual assault, say. Uh... Yeah, one of my favorite TV shows of all time is Louie. Probably not going to watch it again anytime soon. Uh, and I will acknowledge I have this weird thing where, like, something I, I enjoyed before the person making it was known to be bad. I always feel like it's okay to to re-watch that. Like, I can, I can watch The Usual Suspects dis, despite uh, uh, both Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey being... Uh, sexual criminals but if either of them were to do a thing now absolutely not because you know part of it that thing you watched is part of your your life uh and in a way i think it's important to uh it's much more important to not take in new work from people who are you know openly committing crimes and abusing people because it sends the message that, uh, well, they still still sell tickets. You know, Brian Singer's probably got a couple more years as a free man because uh, that Bohemian Rhapsody movie did real well. It's, it's kind of appalling. Uh, and I don't know. It's not like I'm smart. It's not... 
but it's it's a thing you have to I think you have to think about and I don't really think you can judge somebody for where they draw the line but I think you need to consider that about yourself uh I know there are things where I feel like uh you know where where why is this okay with me um and it's a I'm trying to think of an example but uh uh as I say I wouldn't likely see a new thing Joss Whedon made but I don't like Joss Whedon other than Avengers uh by the way that's a cool thing about being an adult is you don't I no longer have to pretend for the sake of relationships that I like Buffy uh I have I've I I had to do that several times and it just and not even like in a in a creepy hey look we have something in common just like yeah I get it it's important to you I don't really like it but I'm willing to go along with it uh because what do you get out of telling somebody you don't like the thing they like and you know now I've realized there are ways to handle that besides uh you like that really but I do think like the the worst people are the ones who when somebody is uh you know pulls a Louis CK or something where they are exposed as monsters and then somebody immediately asks people well I never liked I never liked his work okay cool uh first off is this almost wasn't about you say thank thank God you brought yourself into it uh but also that you're because look if somebody's work means a lot to you uh turns out to be a a terrible person and i don't even mean a terrible person in the sense of uh you know uh, you know a rich a-hole or anything like that uh, because that's a lot of them but somebody who's actually harming people uh you know what that that sucks when you find that out and the last thing you need is somebody you know some some uh uh some look at me over on twitter going yeah by the way also your taste is bad like no you know what if you don't don't like it shut up if if uh <laughs> if Zack snyder suddenly has a scandal i'm not going to go online and say well i never liked his work no i mean what does that accomplish it's stupid don't do that uh it sucks. Stop being that way. Oh, Dave Chappelle is, is he? Dave Chappelle is uh, uh, is is endangering the transgender community. Well, I never liked him. Yeah, well, you know what? Then you're also a bad taste in comedy because there was a time when he was real good. Uh so that you know that's a separate thing. So I, you know, when I say I don't like Joss Whedon, I just I just never did. Avengers was the thing he did that I'm like all right but I've had so many years of people trying to cram Buffy and uh, Firefly down my throat and now it's just like I'm just bitter but the point is yeah don't separate the art from the artist really audit yourself you know there there's almost nothing you can get that that's pure like everybody involved with it is a good person and there's nothing wrong with enjoying the work of bad people I think but I think there are some cases where somebody is a genuine monster who's causing active harm and you have to think well, is this movie cool enough that I'm okay with 
making it more likely that they will continue to get to make movies rather than facing some kind of consequence for their actions. It sounds like I'm moralizing and I'm in no position to do so because I'm 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 frankly a garbage person. But that's just one of the people say it and I don't think they think about it because it's it's a dumb thing to say. It's it it's like it's for cowards. No, think about it. Think about who you are and what you're saying and what's important to you and and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you listen to me? I should probably cut all that out. I I have no business talking about anything and this all really just sprang from the fact that uh uh, I didn't feel like watching a movie with a guy uh, made by a guy who mentally abuses women on the weekend when uh, the United States decided it was okay to mentally and physically abuse women. So things are cool. Uh, and I realized none of that was funny. And look, sometimes things are just weird and I'm trying to talk about them and obviously when I have guests on to talk about short-lived TV shows that they love that'll be funny uh, right now sometimes I've just got something on my mind that I put into a microphone god I sound like a late night DJ I'm just on at 1 a.m. going hey I'm just putting some word taking some words out of my head and moving them to my mouth and then shooting them into the microphone from there just spitballing you and me, let's see if we can fix the world. That's 591 Rock, 591 Roll. Uh, it's all bad, and I don't know that I can do anything about it. Uh, but at least I can make myself try to uh, uh, invest moral choices in where my time and money go. Uh, it's the literal least I can do. And as it turns out, it's the most I'm doing. So, uh, sound like a worse and worse person as it goes, huh? Look, I made myself tired with that. I'm gonna, and I didn't see any movies this week. Uh, no theater movies. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi finished. I think that was great. Uh, I, we do not talk about Star Wars really, unless Summer is on. She is, uh, the person who's allowed to talk about Star Wars on this show. Uh, partly because I find dudes discussing Star Wars on podcasts is extremely tiresome. Uh, even on good shows, like as soon as the Doughboys start talking about Star Wars, I'm like, okay, I'm uh, going to check out for a little while now. Uh, and also, Star Wars, the Star Wars fan base has gotten just so bad in different ways. Partly there's this massive sense of entitlement, but also, uh, you know, there's some crazy racist and sexist parts. Uh, you know, the people who really went after the woman who played uh, uh, Reva. Uh, and apparently just because she's black, like, I really don't know what they objected to about that character or her performance. She was pretty awesome. So, like, the number of people I want to talk about Star Wars with is real small anyway. And, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi was good. When Summer's on the show, we'll talk about that because she's she's the one who got me to keep watching it after uh, the first episode got all spy kidsy. 
Well, that was great. Uh, the Boys is also very good this season. It's filthy. And it's it's shocking how... And I read every issue. The comic was bad. Uh, it was audacious. And that's I think that's why I stuck with it. And it has aged extremely badly. And I think the show has done something so much better with a good concept that was poorly executed by talented people. Uh, and that's that's another thing I'll probably discuss with uh, probably discuss with summer because we talked about doing a boys podcast, which uh, at some point would be very fun. So I don't want to delve too deep into it now, but every change they've made from the comics has been uh, for the better. Uh, even just the fact that the the whole superhero orgy in the most recent episode, the the hero gasm, that was six issues in the comic. This was, you know, 11 minutes in the background because you really knock out all the jokes that work pretty quickly. Uh, six issues is more just, uh, it's tiresome and exhausting. and uh, You know, that's all stuff we'll talk about. But yeah, the boys, you probably all, look, if you're going to like the boys, you're probably already watching it because it is, I think it's really good. It's not for everybody. It's a lot of a lot of bodies and body parts explode. This season, they have really uh, the special effects guys are just actual crazy people. Uh, like they, most shows blow up maybe one body over the course of the entire series. Sometimes much less. Uh, but they keep finding new ways to do it. It's wild. Uh, it's, it's very good. It's uh, but yeah, it's one of those things I'm reluctant to 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 recommend to people because you're gonna see things that upset you. Um, what else have I watch, been watching? It's there's not a lot of of uh, drop everything and watch shows for me right now. I'm catching up on the new season of Westworld started. I'm kind of struggling with that because I remember so little of season three. Uh, partly, I loved the first two seasons, and then season three is so far away from that, and I didn't click with it as hard. But also, that was early pandemic when season three aired, and I there's a, about four months there I do not remember anything that I consumed. Uh, it just didn't stick at all. Uh, that was when I went crazy and really went through some depression, and I just kept rewatching Perry Mason every night. Uh, not the long-running Perry Mason, the HBO miniseries of which there were six episodes. Uh, I watched that fifty times last year, or in twenty twenty. Wow, two years. I haven't watched. I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe I should rewatch it. <laughs> it's legitimately a good show, but, but uh, you know. Anybody who's sharing my HBO Max account, if you ever, if you ever go a while without, uh, like you haven't checked in with me lately, uh, feel free to just go to my profile. And if you see the most recent thing I watched is Perry Mason, you'll be like, uh oh, EJ's going through it. Uh, not that you're obligated to check up on me if you're sharing my HBO Max account. You know who you are. At least one of you listens to this sometimes. 
Uh, but yeah, there, there's not there's not a lot of uh, uh, drop everything and watch immediately shows right now. So I'm, I'm catching up on things. Uh, Rewatching a favorite short-lived show so I can talk about it with Sam. Um, boy. Yeah, I haven't watched much this week because I've been... I've also been very tired. I have not been sleeping. So I just put on Wipeout and try to fall asleep. And I don't. And then I just get more tired, which makes it harder to take in new uh, entertainment. It's a vicious cycle. Got a lot going on. But hey, here's the franchise movie report. Uh, like I said, no Marvel this week. I'll take another crack at Age of Ultron next week. Uh, I am... A little bummed I couldn't get it done because the one after that is Ant-Man and I am so excited to see my friend Ant-Man again. Maybe I'll do two Marvel movies next week just to get to Ant-Man that much quicker. Uh, but it, over in James Bond, it was The Spy Who Loved Me, 1977. It was the first James Bond movie to come out during my lifetime. Uh, it's also the longest gap between movies in the series so far. Uh, they'd been one to, one to two years, and there's three years between Man with the Golden Gun and Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, it's complicated, but let me say this. It's great. It's one of my favorites. I didn't remember much about it. had a blast watching it. Uh, a lot of specific things I remembered, like that I just remember about Roger Moore's James Bond in this movie. Ah. Uh, that said, it's so iconic, I think, to his run that it's a little generic. Like, there, it's it's hard to really like even explain what it's about because you go, well, where wasn't wasn't uh, that that's surely not the first time that's what a, a Bond movie was about and. It's got a stolen submarine and nuclear stuff. The plot is real second. The plot is almost Thunderball, but not boring. And, uh, but like all of the, it's like the iconic movie of the, of like the iconic 70s Bond. Uh, other than a casino scene, like everything you think about Roger Moore's Bond is in this movie. Uh, in fact, like, probably a lot of things you think of about the franchise as a whole whether or not they're actually prevalent uh, are in this movie like it's the one that introduces Richard Keel as Jaws the giant with the big metal teeth and you know that's you kind of think of James Bond movies as having like a big indestructible henchman and not that many of them do uh, oh, specifically also they're, they're silent, like uh, Odd Job in Goldfinger. But this is only like the third or fourth. There's Odd Job and there's Teehee from uh, Live and Let Die. But really, that's about it. But it feels like if you just ask somebody, they would. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's big indestructible henchmen. That's that's a Bond thing. And uh, uh, oh, there's a like a, there's a fight on a train, which we're 10 movies we're yeah 10 movies in I think this is only the second time he's been on a train 
And but that's another thing you just sort of assume is in Bond movies. Is, oh yeah, there's a train fight. There's a there there's a sexy train ride that also involves a fight. Uh, you know, it's got him pairing up with a female agent rather than just uh, rescuing a lady, which happens quite a bit in the earlier movies. But the the his uh, counterpart is usually played as dumb. Uh, and this one, she she's a KGB agent, but she's uh, other than a bit about her not being good at driving, and I assume that's because it's a stick shift. Uh, she's perfectly competent, which doesn't sound like high praise, but given the overall t- overall treatment of uh, female secret agents in this series, uh, you know it's it's pretty good. Uh, one thing I didn't realize was like a running joke through the more years and maybe in some of the later conneries is MI6 always has like a temporary headquarters set up someplace completely ludicrous. Like in the last one, there was a, uh, a cargo ship that was half sunk and bond goes in there and it's just M and money penny and Q has a lab in there and everything. And it's just, uh, and in this one, it's, it's in the, in the great pyramid. Like, M just has a temporary office in the pyramid. It's really funny. Like, there's hieroglyphics on the walls, but they've also put up lighting. Oh, my God. It's, I I never realized that was, like, a running thing, and it, it, it makes me laugh. As you can tell from the fact that you heard me laughing. Ah, so it's great. It's one of my favorites. The the end actions. Oh, that's another thing. The action scenes usually involve a, uh, especially in the Connery era, there's a lot of like nameless guys helping out Bond. And that happens in this. The whole Navy's involved in this sub- fight on the submarine. And that goes on a little long, but I was still having fun watching it, even if it had maybe four climaxes and it could have gotten by with one to two. But it's it's great if if you want to if you want to feel for like classic bond the spy who loved me just has everything everything you want uh it's also the first one that kind of has a real title sequence you know where where it's kind of like a, a music video and there's like sexy silhouettes and weird imagery and this is like a very uh 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 prehistoric version of that but the others have mostly just had still images with different filters on them and this is the first one where you see things moving around a lot also uh when they because this came up last week when they do the the bit at the end when they tell you james bond will return it's not the right movie title they say james bond will return in a view to a kill but the next one turns out to be moonraker which obviously is because in between when they completed The Spy Who Loved Me and when Moonraker came out, Star Wars happened. And they immediately had or wanted to cash in on that. And so did the most, uh, the, the most science fiction of the Bonds, which is what I'm watching next week. And I remember it being bad, but also insane. So that'll be fun. But yeah, that's they clearly changed their plans around because Star Wars became the biggest thing in the world. And like, oh, well, we're going to put Bond in space. 
but I think that's the first time it's the the it was a that they announced the wrong I mean that they announced the wrong movie that sounds like it was a actual error as opposed to a production thing ah uh, anyway great two thumbs up the thumbs are going back down for the sixth movie in the American Pie franchise the third American Pie Presents spinoff American Pie Presents Beta House uh, it's a return of most of the characters from well most of the male characters from the previous one American Pie Presents the Naked Mile it's got uh, that uh, Eric Stifler actually going to college and trying to join that frat where his cousin Dwight Stifler both of whom are cousins to the Stifler from the from the mainline movie series. Uh, and it is the least plot you can possibly have in a movie. Uh, dudes want to join a frat. Uh, there is supposedly they're supposedly at war with a geek frat. Uh, but the 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 geeks never use their superior knowledge to do anything. Like they managed to calculate when uh, the beta party will run out of beer, but that would still have happened either way. They just have to be there. Go, oh, I've calculated you're running out of beer right now. Ah, uh, the treatment of women is once again absolutely appalling. This one really eases into a lot of into people taking a lot of liberties, but the women involved just smile and laugh, and boys will be boys. And yep, I guess it's my fault. My crotch got too close to your face. Keep it there, I guess. Uh, so it's it's super gross. Uh, it's uh, it's our. I hate that I know this, but I was on the IMDb trivia page and I looked it up because I was. So shocked when it happened. First frontal nudity in one of these movies. Lady just comes out of the shower, walks her. It's the whole, the whole Megillah. This is usually a very boob-focused series. Uh, we 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 see ejaculate in this movie. I guess we saw it in the last one too, and an old lady died because of it. But this this it moves in slow motion. It's horrifying and. Perhaps worst of all, uh, there is the two frats have to compete in the Greek Olympiad, uh, which is presided over by Jim's dad, Eugene Levy, from the regular movies. He is increasingly involved in the lives of teenagers to whom he is not related or uh, seemingly would have any knowledge of. Uh, he is also revealed in this movie to be a lawyer, which I don't think has ever been addressed in the in the American Pie series before. I don't think he was given a job, and if he was, it certainly I certainly don't think it was lawyer. But six movies in, that's what we've decided he is. Uh, oh, and the I kind of liked in the Naked Mile. There's sort of a sweet plot about uh about Eric Stifler and his uh his girlfriend. And uh, in this this movie revealed that they broke up almost immediately after the end of the events in the Naked Mile. Uh, partly because the Presents movies do not ever reuse actresses. 
Actually, one of the main women from from Naked Mile has a small role in this, but as a seemingly completely different character. So that snuck under the radar. Uh, still nothing sexy. I've been very worried about uh, finding something sexy in a teen sex comedy, and I am just bored. But oh, I I really trailed off there. The the egregious thing that there's a binge drinking part of the of the Olympiad. And it turns into a scene where everybody is barfing on each other. And that is something I genuinely don't... I get sick seeing that in movies or TV. I hate vomit scenes. Uh, There are times when it's acceptable, but I don't... I want to see as little of it as possible. And this is just a whole bunch of people projectile vomiting. And it's also like, you know, clearly with a tube taped to the side of their face that's away from the camera, so the depth of field doesn't line up and it's all liquid. So it's really poorly done, but it was still, it was still gross and made me feel queasy. I hated it. This was a bad time. That said, we now have to put it up against the sixth movie in Zack Snyder's filmography. And this was man of steel guys. I love Superman. And when I initially saw man of steel, I mostly liked it with a few reservations including that Superman wins his movie through murder. And that's increasingly common in superhero movies. I mean, a lot of the Marvel villains end up getting killed at the end of the movie, but that's, you know, there's a little more uh, militaristic aspect to some of that, which maybe happens when you make Iron Man your starting point. Uh, and I can I can mostly accept that, and I know like it's happened in other Superman and Batman movies. But when you start doing a, a connected universe, uh, Superman and Batman are sort of traditionally the two don't kill superheroes. And yes, people will tell you Superman killed people in the '30s. That was before anybody knew what superheroes were or what they did, and they were still writing them like a pulp character. And yeah, he executed some Kryptonian villains in the 80s in a storyline that was bad and they have tried to distance themselves from for 40 years now. It's certainly not the go-to thing for Superman. Where You, you know, yeah, there's precedent, but there's precedent for a lot of stuff in an 80-year history. Uh, there are literally more stories where Superman has to make a mental connection with a child's pet lynx in order to use his powers than there are stories where he kills somebody. And they didn't do that in Man of Steel. And if they did, I would have loved it. Uh, so that's a that's a thing I, I hated from the beginning. But I think now it's it's poisoned the well so badly. Like the I don't think DC is ever gonna be able to do an interconnected series of movies now because there's it's such a mess that never gelled and they've already started just breaking away from it. There are multiple Jokers and multiple Batman and uh, it also just sort of put this... Here's the thing. I like superheroes. I love superheroes. Batman and Superman are very special to me. Probably because like when you're a kid, they're the two you know. Like when you're little. And they were so prevalent when I was when I was extremely young and uh, they carry a lot more emotional weight for me than a lot of than a lot of other characters. And for the last, I mean, really, ever since this movie came out, there has been this tendency to do evil Superman stories where 
Superman goes crazy, often because Lois Lane dies and he menaces humanity. And there's so many evil Superman takes, like Invincible on Amazon is, that's evil Superman. Uh, the boy sort of is, but it's it's a lot more of a cultural satire than a commentary on Superman. Uh, and that, that really works. But, you know, all the video, the Injustice video game series are the... Superman goes evil, so they have a Mortal Kombat fighting tournament. Uh, the the Snyder Cut of Justice League ends with a vision of the future where Superman is, is straight up the villain, uh, where he is the one attacking the Earth. And I hate that. Part of it is it's so unimaginative because... Here's the thing. In real life, when somebody has unimaginable power, what they do is turn evil. Uh, that's... It, it doesn't take any, it doesn't take any uh, creativity to tell that story. Oh, powerful person wants what's best for themselves. Wow, film at 11. The reason Superman has resonated for 80 years is he's a guy who can do anything and, what he, cho and he chooses to help people. Uh, if, if he could, nobody would ever get hurt again. And that's a, especially, I was going to say especially now, but he was created in, uh, you know, 1939 by a couple of Jewish kids who were hip to what was happening in, in Europe. And, you know, they, I think they were very well aware of, of where things were headed. And what they did was, created the most powerful man in the world and what he did and especially in those old stories before they had things like supervillains Superman stood up to bullies whether they were uh, wife beaters which is what they called them then or corrupt cops or or seedy landlords you know that that's what Superman did was he he stood up to bullies he he helped the people who needed it most and I I hate when he gets turned into yeah but what if he was bad yeah what if we get enough of that in the real world you know if you can't tell a story anybody who says Superman's boring doesn't know how to tell stories because here's what you yes is he too powerful probably here's what you do what does Superman want for everybody to be okay all right, then your story is about somebody trying to take that from him. There you go. It doesn't have to be a story about somebody who's more powerful. It doesn't have to be a story about kryptonite. It's a what happens when he can't save everybody? Or how does he? That's the other thing I hate about the the Man of Steel ending where he snaps Zod's neck to stop him from heat visioning people. Like when I was young, there would often be like like uh dialogue on comic covers and sort of present a situation or find out inside and when you'd see on Superman a lot was a thing where it would be some equivalent of of some villain who's doing something that says if you're going to stop me you have to kill me and as a child you see that cover and go wow how's Superman going to stop him without killing him whereas what Man of Steel says is okay cool uh don't see why that's even a choice there we go good uh it's such a uh appalling lack of imagination uh i think it's 
Uh, I think it's been genuinely harmful to the character for 10 years now. Uh, it is a movie that I, like I said, I sort of enjoyed and had problems with, had more problems with it as it went. But uh, over the last few years, what it's done for, uh, basically what it's put out into the world, I think is genuinely harmful and as a result, I I hate it. Uh, I it's a mo- I get sad when I think about it. Uh, and this this is kind of me being dramatic, but it's it's uh no, I think it's a, a genuinely bad and mean spirited and th- thoughtless and creatively bankrupt uh, uh, type of storytelling and. I, I I genuinely and I don't mean this in a in a censorship way the fact that it exists makes me sad so do I prefer uh, uh, American Pie presents Beta House uh, a truly terrible half-assed movie to uh, a movie about uh, one of my favorite characters in the world Superman Man of Steel yeah I'm gonna. I would watch American Pie Beta House a hundred times before I watch Man of Steel again. Uh, which I believe now puts the score at uh, boy. Is this? They're tied up. American Pie has three. Zack Snyder has three. Where does it go from there? Well, to <laughs> probably this gave you a preview. Uh, that's it. This is maybe my longest non-guest episode, and it was me talking about how much I love Superman mostly. Uh, be sure to check out our sponsor, TeasedBySummer.com, who has uh, amazing uh, uh, t-shirts and mugs and water bottles for sale. Uh, it's it's The weather's nice. Get some t-shirts. That's what I'm wearing all the time now. Uh, I'm I'm... My goal now is to lose enough weight that I have to rebuy all of my Tees by Summer shirts at a smaller size. That's, I don't know if I can do it, but I am, I am, that's what I'm striving for. Uh, but please uh, check it out. Uh, some great, I think you should leave designs at Ape Hive shirt. I know I've been very derelict in updating my website, but the design is genuinely amazing and really just so well done uh i love it and i've bought that shirt several times uh so like i have multiple ones available to me at any given time it's great it's teasedbysummer.com the best uh you can email the show at fedtalks at yahoo.com uh i'm on uh what do you call it instagram ej underscore fetus twitter at ej fetus uh uh, if we get along, let me know if you might be interested in, in talking about a short-lived TV show. Uh, if we don't, tell me about a show that maybe would be good to talk about. Um, uh, but check it out. I posted a, a funny picture from my neighborhood where I realized that there is a beauty salon that, according to the sign, is called Untamed Beauty. Uh... So you can see things like that. I posted a picture of the porn store that's right next to the liquor store by my house. I live in a good neighborhood. 
Uh, it's called the Sadness Corridor. Uh, I guess that's it. Next week, I don't know. I don't know. We're, we probably won't be into the short-lived shows, but I will be watching definitely Moonraker and Age of Ultron and American Pie Presents Book of Love. <sighs> it's getting rough, guys. Uh, thanks for indulging me with this long-ass episode. I will talk to you later. Bye. Fed Talks is a Full Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.